Welcome back to another episode of Cherishing Scripture Podcast. Today we are going to continue where we left off with Galatians 5 through 10. Enjoy. Um, and then here's uh, your question, Pastor. How does a preacher or a teacher of the gospel avoid uh, preaching another gospel? Because I'm sure it can get tempting uh, to try to preach another gospel. Like Nathan said, you can preach a prosperity gospel and be a millionaire. Uh, like some of these TV preachers, uh, but how do you avoid preaching any other gospel? Well, you know, it's it's interesting because the 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 way to avoid that is actually the same way that you avoid uh, your church being moody, m o o d y, or your church being roller coaster Christianity up down up down. It's the same way to avoid your church being trendy or contextualized and all of those words that could be attached to it and that is you know the solution to all of these problems including the question that you're asking here is the consistent verse by verse preaching and exposition of God's word that controls the mood of the church that controls the doctrine of the church the direction of the church the uh, cultural relevance of the church uh, because the word of God is timeless the word of God is is for every generation, every language, there's no culture that it is is not beneficial to. And so when it comes to the issue of preaching another gospel, you know, sadly there are men that I know who I would have once classified as as middle-of-the-road righteous men, God-fearing men who preached what I thought was a true gospel. But they evolved into something different and began to add things, and, and it's almost... Uh, conclusive uh, as as natural as a moth to the flame almost that when you when you observe these men what they did is they began to gradually move away from the exposition of God's word and they got onto subjects they got onto things like you know for example there are guys that want to emphasize repentance and they want to emphasize repentance to the exclusion of faith and to the exclusion of other of the elements of salvation and so when they overemphasize that and underemphasize these other things, even the preaching of repentance can become another gospel. You see, because if you're over if you're eclipsing everything else in the word of God with that one subject, you know, we might would call that a hobby horse or grinding an axe or whatever you want to call it. Uh, and then there are some people that uh, you know, oh, no repentance, no repentance, all faith, all faith, all faith. Well, there again, you're taking something away from the gospel that is that God intended to be included in that discussion. And so, you know, to answer the question, how do you keep from getting into that ditch? You just stay with God's word, let it say what it says. Our church doesn't set an agenda. You know, I know churches that can tell you at the beginning of the year that in you know, from January to March, we're going to be on this subject. From from this month to these months, we're going to be on this subject. And our church, we only know what's coming next by what we finish today. If we finish this passage today, then we know next week we're going to be talking about this passage and this subject. So the Word of God literally controls the agenda of the preacher, the agenda of the church, the calendar of the church. And when you when you do it that way, um, it, it's almost uh, foolproofing your ministry and preventing you from from getting into the ditch of preaching any other version of a, of, a, of another gospel. That's, in my opinion, the only really effective way to to administrate a church is just to keep it saturated with God's word consistently. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, Brother Stancil actually, when he taught my homiletics class, he always told us you find a text and then you find your uh, like your topic. 
You right. never find a topic than find your text. Right. And and the and the exact opposite of that is what's happening. There are guys that say, you know, I want to preach on uh, what's going on right now. So they walk into their pulpits on Sunday and they say, we're going to talk about racial issues. And then they, they're looking for a passage to support what they want to discuss. And that is, uh, that's incredibly dangerous. Yeah. Incredibly yeah. dangerous. It definitely is. And I think it's amazing. Uh, I think you guys have probably witnessed it too, but uh, in Pastor Bailey's preaching sometimes uh, and in other preaching that I've heard, it's amazing how God's word can work it out sometime where even though we're not intentionally trying to speak on the issue that what we're speaking about in, in that uh, lesson or in that sermon uh, is relating to the issue at hand anyway. Uh, so I think God is a better teacher than, than any sure of us. Is. And yeah. the Holy Spirit. And the Holy well, Spirit, exactly. I don't, I don't get why we are... I know like these events that we keep seeing in our in the news and all this stuff is like relevant and important, but I don't see why it's important to teach in church about it. I mean, Christ talked about all these things happening anyways, wars, nations going against nations, false prophets will arise and de- de- deceive you everybody. Um, I don't why I don't know why it's well, important. Well, correct me if I'm that. wrong. For me, I've always tried to see the church as more of an oasis. Yeah, it's a, a way getaway. Where I can get away right. from you know, Fox News or CNN or Twitter or Facebook. It's a way where I can just unplug uh, and hear what the Word of God has for me. Yeah. Uh, and, and when you see these preachers uh, get on these topics, it can get very, very dangerous. Because uh, like Pastor said, it's very easy when you start uh, getting off the context of God's Word and you start aiming for certain things, it's very easy to start preaching other Gospels. It's yep. true. Yeah, a question about that. Um as far as exposition and it, it being the life, life source of the church, the scripture being that grain, that food that the church needs, the bread, that water. Um, can a pastor, as far as he's seeing that example done in other churches and seeing that being a success, souls being saved, those that are backslid come to Christ, um, there's, there's fruit there. And then you know that. But... What is that as far as the transition or the bridge between the study and the pulpit? My, my, and let me put it this way. Can the average person just copy and paste or take what another church is just taking um, sometimes verbatim off their website or off their sermon library and use it in their church? Or does that pastor need to get on his knees and then get in that book and let it change him to the point where it is effectively he is effectively following God's hand in leading that church. It's the latter. Well, yeah. I can tell you, yeah, I can tell you one thing for sure. If I took Pastor Bailey's outline uh, and got up and preached, it would not be near because, the same message that Pastor the, Bailey would have. Because the Scripture says the, the Word of God does the work, and the Word of God will not return void. So we cannot deny the fact that the Word of God is powerful. But right. if we are to just use the word of God flippantly or use the, uh, use the word of God in such a way that instead of sometimes the Lord may be dealing with us saying use the word of God like a scalpel instead of a broadsword or sometimes it's time for a broadsword instead well, of a, 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 a uh, well you uh, gotta think what a Sicaria so. well think about it in Paul's uh, pastoral epistles when he wrote to Timothy what did he tell him preach the he told word him, yeah he told him to preach the word and he told him to study Right, mm-hmm. study to show that self-approved. So it, yeah, so what I'm what I'm saying is, is so as far as 
the, the true gospel, which I think is the, the main thing that Paul is getting here as far as this introductory lesson we're given today, is that we're trying to free ourselves from the bondage of of um, the, and the, uh, the, the bondage and the shackles of legalism and a religion or a gospel that has chains attached to it because there's works or there's these lists that are attached to it instead of instead of letting Christ freely dictate and freely guide and freely admonish his church through a leader or through a group of leaders as far as that plurality of elders which God has ordained to feed the church to uh, function the way it should through a non a non adulterated source power which is the scriptures right. and we emphasize that it is it is it is God and God alone and it is that and it's the scriptures with yeah. without trying to make it make it uh, impersonal the scriptures must be buried in our hearts before we can ever give it to our people and uh, and I, I, I feel that. If if a lot of these churches would just get grounded in the Word of God, that would stop so many false teachers. Because I know if Pastor ever tried to do anything and give us another gospel, I'd be it, scared. It, it wouldn't be very yeah. long before yeah. you know some men in the church would say, "Hey, that's yeah. not right." Yeah, I agree, and I, and I think it should be that way. You know, what's that's one of the things that's frightful about um, you know about false teachers and wolves in sheep's clothing and so on and so forth is they they can't be approached they just throw down this doctrine and say this is where I'm at this is what we believe don't bother me with mm-hmm. any questions or with any objections to it and uh, that's not pastoring that's not pastoring at all that's that's definitely a, a false gospel one of the signs of a false gospel well I've heard you say before to people that uh, they would come up and disagree with you, and you tell them, "Well, if you can show me in the Bible where I'm wrong, then of course I'll get up and I'll correct it." It happened uh, Wednesday night. I had one of our precious saints here, a, a little old lady, just a sweet lady, and uh, she approached me Wednesday night. She said, "Pastor, can I talk to you for a few minutes?" And I said, "Of course." And we reasoned together for about 15 minutes about a, a subject. And uh, when it was all said and done, um, you know, we were both in agreement that. Um, you know the the scriptures stood supreme in the on these matters, and uh, so yeah, I mean the pastor cannot be closed off to questions, or he can't be closed off to objections. Uh, there has to be a, a you know a, a a certain courtesy that is extended to people. You know that you're uh, that's really the preaching method of Jesus was two way conversation. The preaching that we do today, where a man stands behind a pulpit in a one way conversation, is not the preaching that took place in the Bible. Uh, in the Bible, Paul would preach until some someone got outraged, and then they would bark out an attack or bark out an opposition to that, and he would respond to that opposition either in letter or in sermon. And that's really the way Jesus preached as well. And I understand I'm not Paul and I'm not Jesus, and none of us are, but at the same time, this new method of one-way conversation preaching has really spoiled a lot of us to not being willing to receive opposition, yeah. uh, you know. And we don't want opposition in every single service. That's not what I'm advocating. But at the same time, the Scripture says, and Jesse, you're real familiar with this one in First Thessalonians, in First Corinthians. The Scripture says that if there's multiple prophets or preachers present, then two or three should prophesy, and the other should judge. 
And we actually did that. You remember for a season, we had a, a time where – Especially youth camp, too. Yeah, at youth camp and places like that. We, we would actually – I would tell preachers, look, you're, you're going to be preaching tonight, but when you're done, the other preachers in the congregation are going to be commenting on your message. And that immediately brought them to attention. They knew that what they were preaching was not just going to be judged at the throne, but it was going to be judged – verbally and publicly in that very service before it closes. Well, you know, and and that makes you walk circumspectly. Well, you know, and with uh, you, I've mentioned this before to you, and I say it halfway as a joke, but uh, completely serious at the same time that anytime I get up to preach and Pastor Rayleigh's there, it almost makes me uh, like not nervous, but a little more like, all right, I better make sure that what I'm saying is true because I, I'm it's just 100, being I'm a hundred percent. I'm 100% sure if I got up in the pulpit and said something I wasn't supposed to, that you would follow up behind and correct me. Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. And, 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 and that's just called being circumspect, and there's nothing wrong with that word. Right. You know, it, that's it, just wisdom. Today's lesson, we have the keys of heaven, friend. We have the keys in our hands. We we have no no reason to be, to be lax and be undisciplined when it comes to uh, uh, being accountable to one another when it comes to the Scriptures. We have to be diligent and as pastor said being circumspect this we we can challenge one another as we sit and listen we have the ability and authority of god's word to stand up and say amen to that or we have the authority and say that's that's wrong but we are familiar enough to trust one another to handle the scriptures that way and that's that's been a blessing in our church to see god bless our church that is accountable to one another as we chat here we're in familiar we're in familiar area we're in familiar territory we agree, but when something happens and we don't agree with, uh, when it comes to major stuff, definitely we sure. have to deal with it. So small petty stuff, small small stuff like that. We let the Holy Spirit be that that comforter, that teacher, and in prayer and time. Sometimes a, a younger brother, a younger sister that doesn't know that they come to knowledge and thankfully and gracefully come to that instruction later through the Holy Spirit. But a, t- a, a pastor or a preacher that is unskillful in the in the scriptures can help build and train and grow a church and at the same time even if he's carrying a king james bible he can kill a church with it yep. so it, well, it, it does matter who's um and, and not just who how uh, christ is uh teaching the church and we can we can see now just how important this was to paul because like we said this was very early and I imagine if it still exists today where people are being drawn astray with another gospel how much easier it would have been then i mean that gospel was fresh i mean it was brand new it was still something uh being taught and spread throughout it were, it were, uh, that were, area yeah they were so, still called and labeled extremists yeah they were age. so it's a very uh real matter and it's something that we need to make sure that we avoid uh, because it's something it's very easy to get on that path uh, and it's very dangerous once you get on that path of preaching other gospels but uh, we can definitely see why Paul would say here that he was marveled or he was perplexed because uh, he he just started witnessing and evangelizing that area and now they're already being drawn astray to another gospel. And then uh, in the next podcast, we're actually going to see where Paul kind of gives his testimony uh, and that'll be good to hear. Very good. But uh, I've, I sure have enjoyed this. I, I like the questions. It gives everybody a little bit of airtime because some people can talk more than others. So everybody gets a chance to speak. So I'm happy about that. Uh, Jeremy actually has a voice. Yeah. Uh, so that's a surprise. It's a sweet voice. 
<laughs> okay, Jeff. Sweet, okay, sweet boys. Jeremy. Wow. All right. Well, thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of Cherishing Scripture Podcast. As a remember, or my reminder, you can get our podcast on YouTube. Uh, we post it on our church's Facebook and share it. Uh, you can get it on any of the major podcast formats, Podbean. Uh, you can get it on uh, Apple Podcasts. You can get it on Google Podcasts. Uh, and any other one you use, just look up Cherishing Scripture Podcasts. But thank you guys for tuning in for, for another episode of Cherishing Scripture Podcast, a podcast where we're changing society by cherishing Scripture.